and uh, turn to Revelation chapter 20. Um, we've been going through a series of lessons for quite some time. Uh, we've named it Back to the Basics, and uh, it's one of those things, some of the stuff that we've gotten into uh, might not be thought of as, as basic, and I get that. Um, but there's, there's stuff through here that we want to make sure that we know and understand. We started off, at the very beginning, we started off talking about the fact that there is a gospel that you can believe, right? The fact that, that, that Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried, and rose again the third day. And by trusting in that and that alone, you have eternal life. You have um, all the stuff that Bruce was talking about in Romans chapter 8 there. That's stuff that we have. We have forgiveness of sins. We have His life in us. And that's an amazing thing. The next thing we got into is we talked about our identification. And really, what we're doing is, is kind of an overview of the book of Romans, right? So Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8 talks about who you are in Christ. Here's the life that you have because of Christ and what He's done. Um, then we've got it into uh, Romans chapters 9, 10, and 11, which starts dealing with um, what about Israel? What's going on with Israel? Is God still going to do what He's promised to Israel? And the answer is yes. Right, so then we started dealing with some, some, some issues. And really, you know, we, we've talked about the chart. We've gone through the chart and things like that. And really what we've gotten up to now is this last little section here. Um, in Ephesians chapter 2, it talks about the fact that time passed, but now age is to come. So really, your Bible is just a timeline. And we'll see that. We'll, we'll see this over and over again. Daniel chapter 9 gives us a timeline. Isaiah, we're going to look at Isaiah 32 this morning. It gives you a timeline of things that are going to be taking place. And it's really interesting. We've talked about it before. The very first, very first verse in the Bible says what? In the beginning. <laughs> he, he created the heaven and the earth, right? When you look at that, God starts off, the third word is in the beginning. There's a time element there. And so then that's what we see is there's a timing issue. So here we've gotten up to the, top, the, the, the issue of the ages to come, what God's going to do um, to, finish, to finish things out. And we, we talked about um, not just power. God's powerful. We know that. I mean, He created the heaven and the earth. Uh, to create proves that you're the God. You're powerful. And what it comes down to is, is really wisdom. But notice here in Romans, or Revelation chapter 20, and we'll read, we'll read through a few verses, and then, uh, then we'll really get started here. Um, Revelation, cha or Revelation chapter 20, we'll start here at verse 1. Uh, we've gotten up to the point where we're dealing with that millennial kingdom. Uh, we've talked about the, the 70th week of Daniel, the, the seven years of tribulation that's going to come. We talked about the second coming. And we're up here where you've got this thousand-year reign, and that's where we are here in Revelation chapter 20. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon, and they sat upon them, and the judgment was given unto them. And I saw in the souls of them that were beheaded of the witnesses of Jesus, and for the word of God, 
and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon his foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath, that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of, and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and he shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the Satan that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to study your word. You preserved it throughout the years and ages that we can have it, we can handle it, we can study it. We can take this and apply it to our lives so that we might be to the praise and honor and glory of your grace. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, as again, just to kind of give you an idea, I love drawing stuff out because it makes it easier for me to be able to see. We've talked about the, the tribulation period. Daniel chapter 9 lays that out. There's 70 weeks that's determined upon thy people. That 70th week hasn't happened yet. It's going to take place sometime soon hopefully real soon because that means we're gone <laughs> right um but you've got the 70th week that's going to take place at the end of that christ comes back and there's going to be war we talked about that we went through that and we talked about the fact that there's war in heaven satan and his angels are cast down on earth halfway through that tribulation period and then christ comes and finishes it up and what he does is he casts satan into the bottom's pit for 1,000 years. That, that's kind of the transition into the eternal, the everlasting kingdom. Um, real quick, hold your place here. Uh, go back to Daniel chapter 2. Uh, just hold your place there and go back to Daniel chapter 2. Um, <clears throat> one, of the things, one of the things that we love to do is look at verses um, and compare verses with verses so that we know exactly what God's doing um, at all times. And um, we'll, we'll do a lot of flipping. <laughs> uh, but hold your place there in Revelation. Daniel chapter 2. Notice, notice down here, let's, let's just look at verse 43 real quick. Um, this, is, this is towards the end of the, the vision that Nebuchadnezzar has, Right? The head of gold and the 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 breast and arms of, of silver and, and we see this comes down. You get down to verse forty three, Daniel chapter two, verse forty three. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I, I'm, I'm I love I love hearing pages flip, and that's good. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, we're at 43. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. I, I want to give everybody a time to, time to get there. So verse 43, because we want to we read the verses, right? 
And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle among them, uh, mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is, is not mixed with clay. So this gets down to the end of that, that issue where we see the feet of clay and, and mixed with, with, with iron. But notice in verse 44, And in the days of these kings... Now, what that tells us is that those, those people that he's dealing with there that's, that's iron mixed with clay, they're kings. So what, what, we're, what we're thinking about is during this time, these guys are doing some things. But notice here, And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a what? Kingdom. kingdom. Now, the whole issue that God's looking for is to set up that kingdom. And that's where we are right here in verse 44. Is he's going to set up that kingdom, right? And so notice, He will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. So, if it's never going to be destroyed, then what do we know? It's going to last forever, right? So it's not just the thousand years, that's kind of an introduction into the everlasting. Notice, And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand... What's those last two words? Forever. Forever. So then, when you look at this kingdom, the whole issue with this earth that God's dealing with is He's going to bring the earth back under His control one day. Praise the Lord that's going to happen. Because you look out here and you look at the mess that the world's in. He's going to fix every bit of it. That, that to me, you know, it's one of those things. It, it, you know how... You know, if you look at pretty much anything in life, if you know how it ends, does it really bother you all the stuff that you're going to go through? If we know how it ends, that's going to make it a little bit easier to go through that stuff. We know how it's going to end. No matter how crazy the world gets, it's going to end. But here's the, here's the interesting thing. The God of heaven is going to set up a kingdom. He's going to do that. This is, this is kind of the introduction to that, that thousand-year reign. Now, back over to Revelation chapter 20. Now, we've established the fact we know that He's going to set up a kingdom, and He's going to rule and reign here. The last two words of that verse was, Forever, right? There's no end to it. It goes on forever. Um, that's the meaning of forever. But notice, notice here. This is this is interesting. Revelation twenty verse one. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit. Now you stop there for a second. If 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 something's got a key to it, then that means there's a lock to it, right? So what we see here is there is a key to the bottomless pit, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. What do you normally do with the chain is you're going to wrap somebody up. You're going to chain them up to where they can't do anything. Not just that, but notice, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. What's he doing with the chain? He's going to bound him. He's opening up, and it's really interesting. He opens up the key to this bottomless pit. He opens that up. We talked about the last time. There's bars there. Just, 
<laughs> you think through this stuff, and he's saying, I'm going to put this guy away for a thousand years. Notice. Verse 3, And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up. Now, you could take that two different ways. Shut him up to where he can't get out, but also, can he say anything? In fact, notice what he says. And, that, and set a seal upon him. Sealed it. You can't get it undone. He's not going to be able to undo that seal. Months ago, we did a series on who can break the seal. The only person that has the ability and, and the wherewithal to be able to break a seal is Christ, and he's not going to do it until this thousand years is over. And we'll see this as we go through. But notice, set a seal on him that he should deceive the nations no more. Now, the idea of shutting him up, he puts him here to where he can't do anything and get out, but also he can't deceive the nations anymore. No more trafficking, no more trafficking of that lie that he's been trafficking since the very beginning. Right? There's a lie that he's trafficked to worship the creature more than the creator. We see that every single day. And if nothing proves that more than anything than social media, <laughs> I don't know what else can. We worship the creature, oftentimes it's ourselves, more than the creator. But he's no longer going to be able to deceive the nations. Now, what's interesting is you go back in, in the Old Testament, you find out he, there, there, there's a time where people are going to look at him and say, is this the guy that weakened the nations? This is the one that we've been afraid of, that destroyed everything, that set in motion all the junk that we see. He's the one that did that. And that's, that's, that's his future. Notice. And that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, what's interesting is, notice what he says, he must be loosed for a little season. Now, I don't know how long that little season is, and I'm still trying to study it out and figure out what it is. Um, yeah. So God's basically got a plan. Absolutely. He's always got a plan. Always got a plan. So his plan... To destroy, well, I won't say destroy until that time. Uh -huh. He's going to bind him up so he can deceive the world and then he's going to let him loose. Mm -hmm. And then let him do his thing or what? Yeah. He's going to let him loose for a little season. Now, we can take this. You go back to Genesis and you find out a season. You've got the seasons that we have. Summer, spring, fall, winter, and all that stuff, right? Now, what does he mean by a little season? Those are four seasons. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you mean by little season? That I'm not sure, but there is a period of time where he will be loosed. There's no time in heaven, though, with eternity. There won't be then. Mm -hmm. At this time, there still will be, right? right? And we'll see this. At this time, there still will be. Once, once he's gone, and we go into, as Ephesians 1.10 talks about, the dispensation of the fullness of times, where God's going to bring to fruition all that he's planned to do, when he does that, there won't be time. There won't be day. There won't be night. You're not going to have to worry about sleeping. You're not going to have to worry about being tired. You're going to have a job that you love. <laughs> I know, right? Yes. Praise the Lord for that. Um, you, you, you're, going to, you're going to have something to do to glorify Him. It's not, you know, we get, and I, I've done this too, and I still do from time to time. I, we get caught up in, 
what we have here and think that's everything. But you stop and you think from eternity past, before the foundation of the world, all the way through until eternity future, our life is just a little speck in that grand scheme of things. But this is what we know. We know 75, 80 years, right? We know that's, that's our lifespan and that's filled with a bunch of stuff. But, I mean, you think about this. Just in that, that's a thousand years out there that he's going to rule and reign on earth with Satan gone. He's loose for a season, a little season. And then, notice, verse, drop down to, uh, drop down to verse 7. <clears throat> Revelation 20, verse 7. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan will be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations, which is what he's done before, which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle. His whole purpose is what? To go get people to fight. And people are going to follow him. And notice, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. The only other time that we've seen that is when God talks to Abraham and says, your seed will be as the sand of the sea. If you can count the sand on the sea or the stars in the heavens, that's what your seed will be. It's a bunch of people. The bad thing is, you know, their whole goal, they're going to have a whole bunch of people as, their, as the number is the sand of the sea, which means, have you, have you ever had a handful of sand and try to count the little specks on it? <laughs> Could you imagine a beach trying to do that? Well, did I count this, this grain a minute ago? Is it, you know, it's almost impossible, but it's a large number, right? Here's the, th here's the interesting thing. There are going to be people that oppose Christ that are still alive during that thousand year reign. Yeah? When, when does God make man rare in the gold? What point in the timeline? Do you know? Um, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Okay. I'll think about that. Okay. I'll think about that. What verse are you talking about? It's in there. I don't remember. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. Um, my guess would be out here, but okay. I'll, I'll look into it. But you're going to have a thousand, a thousand years where people are going to, because they've already, they're already opposing him to begin with. And the goal we talked about last time, the goal is that they're going to go out and preach this, the gospel to the people out there. For a thousand years. That means there's people out there that are already opposing what Christ is going to do. He's sitting on the throne and they're opposing him. Mm -hmm. Satan's going to be let loose for a season, gather all those people. What's the purpose? To battle. Yeah. So he's going to create his own army. Yeah, absolutely. Legion, right? Exactly. So it's the same idea. So out here, and this is the important thing too, Satan and his angels in Revelation 12 fight Michael and his angels in the heaven. They're cast down to the earth. Then there's going to be, there's battle there. And then there's a final battle out here. I've kind of, well, I've kind of already seen it. Yeah. I mean, somewhat, not, I mean, not Revelation. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of weird. I dream kind of weird stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I dream last night my cat died. Uh-oh. 
I had I had a weird dream the other night that our neighbor came walking over with a clipboard for some reason. Like check, I don't know. So yeah, I, yeah. There's those things. If it, if you could if you could understand dreams, that'd be a fantastic thing, right? But you see, there's, there's people that's going to be here, and the reason he's going to do it is going to bring them together to battle. Notice in verse 9, And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints. What that means is they surrounded them. Right? They encircled them. Um, and the beloved city, which is Jerusalem, and fire came down from God out of heaven and did what? devoured them they're all out here in a circle trying to encompass them god sends down fire devours them notice in verse 10 and the devil that deceived them was cast in a lake of fire and brimstone after that little season what's he do he's cast into the lake of fire never to get out again now notice and the devil was that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. How long is that? It doesn't end. He doesn't get out again. What's interesting, and and the thing is, you know, as you said a minute ago, was it all planned? Everything was planned. You know, the, the difference, like Job, when Job was going through stuff, he didn't know the last chapter of the book of Job yet because he hadn't lived it. We know the book of Job. We know how it ends. So we can read it with a little bit better understanding than actually going through and living it. Knowing, knowing what's going to take place, I find solace in that. You know, in, Revel, in Romans chapter 12, when Paul talks about the fact that, that uh, God says, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. We don't have to get back at everybody that comes across us. God's going to take care of it. He's got a plan out here. Now, notice, verse 11. The very next thing, what do we see? And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Now, what's going to happen? This is this great white throne judgment that's going to take place out there. If you've ever placed your faith in what Christ did, that He died, was buried, and rose again, He took upon Himself all your sins, was buried with those sins, and then forgave you of all those sins, you won't ever be there. That is a judgment that you don't have to worry about at all. Um, There is the judgment seat of Christ that takes place before all this, but that great white throne judgment, you're not going to be there. Notice, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their what? Works. Works. Well, you go back and you find out what are the works, and that's stuff that we used to do all the time and not even really think about it. Notice, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. That's going to take place there one day. 
The only people that's going to be there are unsaved people. People that have looked at and heard that Christ died for them and they chose not to believe. That's who's going to be there. Folks who've never trusted in what Christ did. That's what's going to be there. Notice this. And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, there's some things that I want us to be able to get, but notice this again. Yeah, either one of them is good. Notice chapter 21. We start off, and it's just a continuation, right? So we've had the thousand-year reign. Satan's placed in the bottomless pit. He's loose for a little season. He's thrown in the lake of fire. We've got the great white throne judgment. And notice in verse 1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. There is a new heaven and a new earth. And what God's going to do in the dispensation and fullness of time, let's go real quick over to Ephesians. No more saltwater fish. No. More salt water fish. no. over to Ephesians chapter 1 Ephesians chapter 1 notice this um, let's start off in verse verse 9. Notice in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself. That, here's, here's, here is the mystery of His will, that in the dispensation and the fullness of times. Now, that's when everything that God planned in the heaven and the earth to come to fruition, this is where it takes place. Notice, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are where? In heaven. In heaven and on earth, right? Mm-hmm. Notice, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Huh? Yeah. And that's an amazing thing. We can talk about that sometime. But notice, what's the purpose of that? Verse 12, notice that word, that. He's going to tell us, here's the purpose, that. We should be to the praise. Now, who's the we there? All those in heaven and those who are on earth. All together in one. Notice, that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. Now, what's interesting is you go down through there and you find out there are some things that God's got planned to do with this earth, but He also has plans to do some stuff in the heavens. And He's going to bring them all together in one. That's an amazing thing. And we get to be a part of it. Notice, that we should be to the praise and the glory of His what? 
praise of his glory. That what what oftentimes gets gets me through some stuff is it's not about me. It's about him and his glory. That and you keep on reading, notice. Um verse 14. Talking about the the Holy Spirit of promise, verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. Notice, unto the praise of his glory. That's that's the issue. Notice, back up to verse 6. To the praise of his glory, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. It's about him. It's about his glory. It's about who he is and the things that he's done. And it's it's amazing because we get to be a part of that out there in the ages to come. But the other good part is it's not just now today, or not just out there, but today as well, right? There's, there's some things that he's going to do in the heavens and some things that he's going to do here on the earth. That's the ultimate goal, is to be able to renew those two things. Um, real quick, let's go to... Um, Let's go to chapter 2 here in Ephesians. Chapter 2, verse 19. Chapter 2, verse 19. This is what he's going to be doing now to prepare. Notice verse 19. Now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and with the household of God. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone. And in Him, all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. <clears throat> Can't you can't uh, you can't uh, can't prevent that if it happens. So yeah. Yeah. I I I often tell students at school I'm like I'm gonna wait and see if you sneeze more than one time because some of them they'll have they'll they'll they're a, they're like a triple mm-hmm. they'll sneeze and they're like wait wait there's two more. <laughs> so yeah no I understand that. Sorry for no not a problem not an interruption at all. But notice, the whole issue is what he's building together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. God is doing something today to make this habitable. The whole purpose of the earth and the heaven was for God to dwell there. And he's going to do that one day through the instrumentality of the body of Christ for the heavens and for, uh, through that little flock, the nation of Israel, here on the earth. And he's going to bring those two things back together in one for His glory, and the glorifi- glorification of the Son, and the glorification of the Spirit. And that's an amazing thing that we get to be a part of that. Um, real quick, um, let's go back. I want to take a look at a couple things real quick. Go over to, because I want us to be able to see this. Go back over to Isaiah chapter 32. 
Isaiah chapter 32. And uh, I want us to see, I want us to see this again. Um, we've talked about it with, with Daniel chapter 9. We've talked about other places. But notice here in, in Isaiah chapter 32. And I just want to point out a few verses just so we can kind of see this. Um, notice, notice here in verse, verse 5. And we'll just point out a couple things here real quick. Verse 5. 32 verse 5. Um, the vile person shall no more call shall no more shall be no more called liberal, nor the churl said to be bountiful. What you have there is that's the spiritual life of the nation of Israel during Christ's earthly ministry. Drop down to verse 7. Notice Tremble ye women that are at ease, be troubled, ye careless ones, strip you and make you bare, and gird sackcloth upon your loins. What he's dealing with there is he's saying, I'm going to take away that religious idolatry that Israel got into. He's going to take that away. Drop down to verse 15, and we'll see this. Notice, here you've got the day of Pentecost. Until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness be a fruitful field, and the fruitful field be counted for a forest. When was it that the Spirit was poured out? It was on the day of Pentecost. So we're seeing that there's this, this timeline issue. Verse 16, Then judgment shall dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness remain in the fruitful field. That's this right here. That's tribulation period. They're getting ready to go through that. But notice in verse 17, And the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. That gets us into the kingdom. So we see this timeline again, even back over in, in Isaiah 32. We see that as we go through. Um, it, it's... You know, I started uh, I started studying, doing a little study the other day, um, and I'm going to title it, It's About Time, because the book that we have in front of us, it's about time. But it's also about time that we find out what God's doing and go do that. You know, everybody talks about, I want to know what the will of God is. Well, it's God's will that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Go do those two things, and you're right in smack dab in the middle of, the, of God's will. Everything else, don't worry about that. Worry about those two things. If you know people that need to be saved, preach the gospel to them. If you've got people that you know are saved, bring them to the knowledge of the truth. If we're doing that, and we keep our minds on those two things, whatever else is going on around the world should be no, no, of no consequence. We should be about those two things. Now, stuff's going to happen. I get that. You don't have to live with your head in the sand. But keep our mind on this, and it makes it a little bit easier. Not easy. They're not going to be able to coast through it, and it's not that everything's going to be roses and all that stuff. Life will happen. It'll smack you in the face. But a foundation in this Bible can get you through it to be able to bear it and, and go through that. But that's the side note. But here's the thing. We see that there's a timeline that's going on, and that's exactly what we see here. Notice, And my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation, and in sure dwellings, and in quiet resting places, when it shall hail, coming down on the forest, and the city shall be low in a low place. Blessed are ye that sow beside all waters, that send forth thither the feet of the ox and the ass. That's this... That's this whole issue of the kingdom out there. They're in rest. 
That's what, that's what we're all looking for. And it's not just going to be a three-day weekend type of rest. This is, this is an eternity rest where we get to glorify the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit forever. And as I said before, it's not just out there. Go real quick, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. <clears throat> this, is, this is what it all comes down to. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse... Let's start off in verse um, 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ at His coming. Verse 24, Then cometh the end, when He shall have delivered up the, kingdoms to God, the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he, shall have, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. Verse 25, For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. For he hath put all things under his feet. But when he saith, saith all these things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be what? All in all. The whole issue with this Bible is God has a plan. He's going to bring that to fruition so that he would be what? All in all. In the very beginning of the Bible, it starts off what? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. What He's going to do at the very end, He's going to be all in all. Both heaven and an earth. That's an amazing thing. And again, we get to be a part of that. Alright? Um, so, <clears throat> that gets us up through really going through 9 through 11, really of the book of Romans, going through, God's not done with what He's promised to the nation of Israel. Now, a lot of that's not going to be good for Him. <laughs> um, but He will finish it up. He will finish exactly what He's promised to do. Um, a lot of folks out there will say that God's already done with Israel and we've, you know, we've got all their spiritual blessings and they get all the bad stuff. He's not, he's not finished with what He's promised. He will fulfill what He's promised to them just as He will fulfill what He's promised to us. Yeah. 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 I mean, Romans, Romans, Romans tells us what? 15.4 That those things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the Scripture might have hope. When we read about what God's promised to the nation of Israel, we know that He will fulfill that. And when we read that and know He has fulfilled a lot of it and that He will fulfill what He's promised to them, we can look at that and say, if He's promised us something, then what do we know? He will fulfill that for us as well. His promises are without repentance. Yeah. 
And that's an amazing place to be at, to know that, to understand that, um, and then live that, all right? Um, so like I said, that gets us up through the end, quotation marks, the end forever, <laughs> um, the end of the scripture anyway, right? There is going to be a time where there is no time, there is no darkness, it's just light, no sadness. He's not going to have to wipe away tears. There is a point in time when he does that. He doesn't have to do that at some point. That's going to be a glorious day, and it's going to be a glorious eternity that we get to be a part of. Um, questions? Are there still going to be like, so there's going to be us, the body of Christ, after we've been glorified? Mm-hmm. The people who are still on earth. Mm-hmm. Then the thousand year reign. Mm-hmm. Well, there. Well, so the increase of his of his government, there isn't. There's no limit. So yeah, I mean, you're still you're still going to have the increase of that. Yeah. Are we going to be sharing the gospel with those people? You wouldn't have to, because okay. they're going to know. They're going to know. Spirits, they're going to have it on their hearts. Well, that's part of the new covenant, right? He writes it in their hearts. Okay. To know this is what they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good question. Um, I forgot to repeat the question for the folks online. But <clears throat> I mean, you think about think about folks during that time period. That's part of the new covenant. Is he's going to write his law on their inward parts, mm-hmm. and and they're going to walk in the way that they're supposed to walk. And you're not going to have sin anymore. You're not going to have all that extra junk. And you know, I, I talk about it all the time. You look out. You know, we were driving. We drove down to uh, Versailles yesterday. And you can see, not like here, we didn't have any ice on trees, but they had some ice on trees. You walk, you drive down through there, and the sun hits it just perfectly. Like, man, this is beautiful. Could you imagine this world without sin? Could you imagine what it looks like without, I mean, just as beautiful as it is. You know, we're driving down 64 um, from, from there, coming up here to Walmart yesterday. And you know how, you know how the water comes down on, on, on the side of the mountain going up 64? And how it's frozen, and you got these icicles, and you're like, man, that's beautiful. That's sin stained. And it, could you imagine that without it? Just. Because y'all kind of destroy the world after. I was always under the impression that, like, once you sinned, you were lost. Mm-hmm. Like, you were lost. You were lost. You were Exactly, and, and yeah. So when when Satan is thrown into the lake of fire, and those folks of the great white judgment are thrown in there with them, at that point, all that's destroyed. New heaven and new earth. That's why you got the new heaven and the new earth. Because he's going to destroy hell, earth, and heaven, mm-hmm. and new heaven for all his saved people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I thought I knew because I know like now I see and hear things, and I'm like, what's World coming to, but I know it's nothing compared to what it's gonna be. Yeah. You know no, that's I mean? yeah, I'm hearing a lot about Gog and Magog right now. Yeah. Well it, it it can't it can't happen now. Yeah. That Gog and Magog when we just read it in Revelations over here. I know, but, right? but there but You're you're at least a thousand and seven years away from Gog and Magog. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that won't that you know when 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 he's loosed, that Gog and Magog. That's when that comes about is over here after the thousand years that he's put in the bottomless pit, and also along with that seven year tribu or tribulation period. So you're at least a thousand seven years, if not more, because we don't know when that when that will actually so take place. I think but I figure out when he's going to make men rarer than gold. That's Isaiah thirteen twelve. Okay. I think it's like when he's a second coming when he comes back, right? And then thousand years all like people will replenish maybe i'll look into it i'll look into it um but no i mean that you're right because there's going to be a new heaven and new earth and that was when you stepped out we were talking about that but that that new heaven new earth that's that's what he's going to do he's going to take it and reshape it destroy it reshape it yeah yeah so i mean you think about you think about all all that stuff it's leading up to you're 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 rid. In fact, you're rid of Satan. You're rid of sin, mm-hmm. hell, death, all that. Yeah. And he's going to bring both the new heaven and new earth in one to glorify the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Glorify God. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And I've always thought that because I thought, well. Woman was created from the rib of Adam, mm-hmm. and of course, all the crypt crawling things, all that Genesis. So I always wonder, well, he's, why would you create, destroy something, create, and make it fall because of the evil? Yeah, that's marked on it. And, and you think about you think about this: the body of Christ is a new create a new creature, right? Mm-hmm. That's and something that's new. Be, yeah, so that's going to be something new. This is going to be new, and it's all going to be without, and it's going to be. What's interesting is it's going to be it's going to look and, and work just like it should have worked with Adam and Eve if they had not done what they've done. Because God set God set him up to be a, to be a king. He says, "What? Replenish the earth, multiply, subdue it. Be a king in it." And the Lucifer came in and that snake tempted the Yeah. Yeah. They didn't even know they were naked. No. Yeah, so it's interesting because you look at all that stuff and you're like, okay, how it ends is how he originally had it, but Satan comes along and says, "Here you go, Eve." Question what God said. But what made Satan? Because he was a fallen angel. God created him perfect, and he fell because of sin. Does he try to what rule? He uh, he wanted to, he wanted to be like the Most High God. Um, it's interesting. You go through in, in, in Ezekiel and Isaiah, you look at those passages where it's talking about him. And he says, I will ascend above, and I will, and I will. And he's got five I wills there. And one of them is, I will be like the Most High God, or the Most High. Well, you go back to Genesis 15, the Most High is possessor of heaven and earth. He wanted heaven and earth. He took heaven when he got all the angels to follow him that followed him. He took the earth when Adam gave it up. Yeah. And so when God comes along and says, I'm going to reclaim the earth through the nation of Israel, and he does that, he's going to do that. Satan had no idea that he was also going to lose heaven. Yeah. And the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is what makes it possible for God to get both those back and destroy him. Yeah. Um, and it, to me, you read that Bible and it's like, it's it's different than any other book you've ever read. 
Um, and it is understandable if you study it the right way. Exactly. Um, and don't listen to all the noise out there sometimes. Uh, and it all makes sense uh, when, you actually, when you actually go by what it says. So, um, I love questions. Any other questions or comments, concerns? Just imagine, we've got eternity to learn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't need a library because you'd be able to go talk to the people. Adam, what were you doing if he's there? God has books. <laughs> yeah, no, he does. He does. Yeah, the Lord equips you with the handbook of life, which is your Bible. Mm-hmm. And my sister said, well, you know, you're not born with the handbook. I said, well, yeah, you kind of are. It's your Bible. <laughs> yeah. If you read it every once in a while, you... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, what, a, what a novel idea, right? Mm-hmm. Read, read the book that God wrote down for you. Yeah, that he might sanctify it by the washing. Yeah. Was the word? Yeah. There's a reason he gave us the book, right? It's not just to sit on the table and collect dust. We can get in and read it. Uh, which we've been we've been doing that. You read through. Um, we start off Romans. You read three chapters a day. You can read through Paul's epistles in a month. Uh, you do that twelve times. You've read through it twelve times. Then along with that, read through the Bible as well. So and I know you're talking about doing that. So. All right. I just start Genesis.